0: Online at Lone Star. Trans- the following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
1: The thunder and the lightning, they we this assure that they are bringing to us blessings that we need so desperately, and with them.
2: These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I'm rich, I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Almighty God, you identify the condition of your last day church. You identify that we are lukewarm. and Lord, surely we are lukewarm in America, and we have walked in such arrogance before you, and such worldliness before you. Lord, I beseech you, send the rain. Lord, if you don't send the rain, your church is going to be swept away by the wickedness of this world because that wickedness has entered into your church and demon powers are functioning within your church to bring it down. Lord, I pray for every pastor today in Washington metro area. I pray for a breakthrough in your spirit. Lord, Pilgrim's progress is being held prisoner. We're not able to break out, the response is very small. Lord, I thank you for those who are standing with us. I thank you for those who have sacrificed both time, energy, and finances to support this ministry. But Lord, most are so lukewarm, they can take it or leave it. They don't understand the the urgency of the hour in which we dwell and that everything in America will collapse if we do not turn and repent. So, Lord, today, as we come with this broadcast of Pilgrim's Progress, we're asking for your Holy Spirit that we would no longer be withstood in this city, either on this broadcast or at the National Prayer Chapel or at the All Saints Anglican Church. Lord, that revival would come in all areas, that your Spirit would be poured out in power, that men and women would begin to repent and get serious about you and about walking with you, about spending time with you, about repenting of their sins. Jesus, come and rescue your church. Lord, bless this time we share. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I'm Ray Greenlee, pastor of the National Prayer Chapel. With me in studio today is my wife, Alexandra.
3: Welcome. Thank you for tuning in.
2: We're here today to share with you more of the story of revival in Argentina. We share this story with you not as a pattern that must happen in America, but the Holy Spirit must come here as well. We desperately need the Holy Spirit to bring conviction of sin to identify the ways of darkness, to humble our hearts before him, to search after him. The church is dying in America. It looks like it's prospering with great numbers and big buildings and pastors with sophisticated graduate degrees, but in reality, the church in America is dying. It is being programmed with special events. It is not It is not a people who have taken up the warrior spirit to win the lost and the dying to Jesus and to heal the sick, to restore the beauty of the gospel. I pray today this story will touch your heart and that you will say, if this can happen in Argentina, surely it can happen in America. It can and it will. Will you be a part of it? Or are you pulled aside by some foolishness or vanity, some cheap worldly thing, some ambition of your own? I pray you will hear the heart of God today as we share this story. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. We want to make real progress. Alexandra is going to begin with Chapter 3, The Day God Visited Chico.
3: Yes, and this is from the second book by the evangelist Edward Miller. The book is called The Flaming Flame, the story of continued revival in Argentina. In front of the rustic makeshift table pulpit on a dirty mattress... Lay an emaciated, bedfast youth dying of tuberculosis. A horrible spectacle of skin stretched over bones, he was too weak to sit up, to turn himself on the mattress, or to expel the putrefaction he coughed up. An elderly Indian woman, his mother, squatted by his side, patiently removing the excretion that racking coughs dislodged from his lungs. Having tottered dangerously on the brink of Death's Valley for days, he presented a woesome picture of total despair. In a semicircle around the lad crowded many more Indians Tobas, Makovis, and Matacos, who had traveled long distances on the lonely, dusty, hot Chaco desert to Pampa del Indio to attend the May Holiday Conference, the year. 1956. When missionary Clifford Long opened his Bible to read from Isaiah 53 in Spanish, a slight ripple of response came from the Indians. So he read the same passage again. Certainly he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains, and with his wounds we are healed. Spanish version. A bit louder sounded the amens. Repeating the same scriptures triggered a yet louder response. Amen! Hallelujah! Gloria a Dios! How strange, thought the missionary. This response from the Indians, who have always been so silent, so stoic, and so unresponsive. So he decided to continue reading. Certainly he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. And each time, the response from the Indians became louder and louder. As he read the scripture for the seventh time, he was suddenly interrupted by the Indians, all shouting and screaming at once, "'God's healed my hernia! My rheumatism is gone! My goiter has disappeared!' "'Ay, Dios, I can see! I can see!' shouted another. A youth jubilantly exclaimed, "'I'm not deaf anymore!' One woman looked amazedly at her hands and arms and shouted, "'My eczema is gone! It's gone!' The young tubercular lad, who had lain helpless on the filthy mattress, bolted upright like a rocket, when suddenly the volatile fuel was ignited, and he ran around with upraised hands, calling out stridently, "'I'm healed! I'm healed! I'm healed!' God had breathed life into the body of the dying lad. He who had tottered hopelessly on the brink of the valley of death had been instantaneously quickened by the power of Christ's resurrection. During the simple reading of Scripture, the Spirit of the Lord, as a mighty wind, had swept upon the ignorant, superstitious, oft-times illiterate Indians of the Chaco Desert. The Lord had sent his word and healed the people. What rejoicing when the Indians examined themselves and discovered the perfection of the healings! No one seemed to have been passed by. Of the sixty-four Indians who had come to the meeting in one old truck, all sixty-four had been healed. The sun of righteousness had arisen with healing in his wings. The brilliant light of the glory of the Lord was covering the dusky skins of the earth, That dwelt in the faraway, desolate stretches of the vast Chaco Desert. Many times before, missionary Clifford Long and his wife Lois had ministered the word of God to the Indians, but the response had been slight and scattered. It had been a thankless, lonely, and unrewarding task. Then suddenly, without any previous warning, God visited the Indians during the May Holiday Conference.
2: You know, let's stop there. Doing this radio broadcast has been, in many ways, very unrewarding. It's taken much time, much money, much effort. I'm expecting the same thing to happen on the radio that you just read for us, Alexandra. Amen. I'm expecting God to come and step in And suddenly the phone lines jam as people call and say, I was listening, and suddenly God healed me. He restored me. I believe... Do you remember David, who was the manager for so many years of WAVA? He used to say, Ray, I want revival to come through the radio. And he came to Washington... Because of his belief that God had told him he was going to bring revival to the East Coast of the United States. I'm waiting for God to do what you just read in America. Yes. I was up early this morning, just sitting in the presence of Jesus, crying out to him, and my heart was reassured He is coming. Revival is coming to Washington. I'm excited about what God's going to do, and I'm just saying, Lord Jesus, come quickly. We need you. Washington needs you, Jesus. All right, let's continue with this story.
3: Thank you. Unbeknown to these original missionaries, Clifford and Lois Long, the strange, sovereign yet glorious visitation of the Spirit of the Lord to the Chaco Indians was but another chapter in the Great Argentine Awakening—an answer to countless months of travailing prayer, a fulfillment of the promise, "I will visit Chaco," made to the praying students at City Bell in 1951. But it hadn't always been this way. The first seven years of missionary service in Chaco were, for the longs, years of drought, difficulties, frustrations, and necessities. They found the Argentine people utterly hostile to the gospel, the new language difficult to master, finances insufficient, and impossibilities everywhere they turned. And worst of all, their goal as missionaries— To win souls to Christ and pioneer an evangelical church seemed impossible to attain. In spite of extensive tract distribution, personal witnessing, prayer, worship service, and anything else they could think of to do, few would even listen to the message they longed to share, much less heed their words and come to the Lord for salvation. In the midst of the hopelessness, they continued to pray, And in obedience to a word from the Lord, they purchase an empty lot on French Street in a sparsely populated Villa St. Martin, a notoriously infamous district. After six months of laboriously clearing away multitudinous cacti with sharp, poisonous barbs and deep, stubborn roots, the Longs built a small chapel with mud walls, thatch roof, and brick floor. Windows and doors were made of old wooden singer-sewing machine boxes. Neighbors, glancing curiously at the new building, showed no interest whatsoever in attending church. The Long's immediate family was generally the only congregation for the worship services. Once in a while, a few Argentines, mostly women, would wander in and then never return, giving occasion to the populace to laughingly taunt. The gospel is the religion of the women, of women only. Finding the work among the white Chaco dwellers so completely unproductive, they turned to the Indian tribes out on the reservations where the response was somewhat better. Although here and there a few were saved, healed, and filled with the Holy Spirit, the Indian church still trudged forward at tortoise's pace. When the Indians began to respond to the gospel message, the Chaqueños invented a new sneering gibe: The gospel is the religion of the Indians, of the Indians and of women. The Catholics, observing the Indian evangelical church slowly growing, published a decree prohibiting any group other than their own to minister among the Indians. It looked as though the only open door of ministry would soon be closed. Concluding that a more elegant chapel might appeal to the Chequeños, the Longs built another chapel of brick, stone, and reinforced concrete. Unpaid bills came rushing in, while the Argentine nationals stayed away. Discouraged with constant reverses, impossibilities, and mounting financial obligations, the Longs sorrowfully began to wonder if their fasting, Prayer and travail before the Lord had not been in vain after all. Although a limited entrance had been made among the Indians, it was still impossible to gain even a toll hold among the Argentines. Many times they would have fled their Chaco Sahara, but God held them steady as they wandered from one spiritual desert to another.
2: You know, God is doing the same thing with us. We, too, have not been able to make an inroad into this city, even though year after year we've been on this broadcast. Many days and nights of prayer, of crying out to the Lord, and seemingly no interest. One here or there, but total resistance invitations to worship ignored oh it's too inconvenient the time is wrong the travel's too far never mind they have beautiful cars to ride in with air conditioning and heat some even with heated seats but it's too far we've also wondered Lord has all this been in vain? And then we come up to faith and say, no. It's not been in vain. We're standing that God's Holy Spirit is coming. I don't know when. I don't know how. But He is coming. And whatever it takes, that's where we stand. I see they went through the same thing in a different way. But the battle is long and the battle is hard. But the outcome is certain. So let's read more, Alexandra.
3: Waiting in the presence of the Lord one day, Clifford Long remembered a vision he had received during the Holy Spirit's infilling many years before. As he had worshipped and praised the Lord in unknown tongues, he had seen a beautiful valley carpeted by luxuriant green grass with thousands of white hands reaching heavenward. In another scene, he saw a group of dusky-skinned natives, naked save for their loincloths, surrounding him, listening to his teachings. The remembrance and renewing of the vision of the uplifted white hands and the dusty skinned natives encouraged him to continue on in prayer. In due time, he found himself surrounded by the dusky skinned natives who listened attentively to his teachings. But where were the white hands uplifted in the fertile valley? And where was this valley? After the glorious victory and Pampa del Indio, the missionary traveled to other towns on the Indian reservation to minister once again from Isaiah 53. As they listened to the reading and explanation of the word, 42 Indians were instantaneously healed, just as they had been in Pampa del Indio. Other services followed, among different Indian congregations. As news of the healing spread, unsaved Indians began to come until congregations were numbering from five to six hundred. Signs and healings followed the simple reading of the word. In Campo Winters, as the missionary was hurrying away after the service, a man rushed up saying, Pastor Long, my two children are dying at home. I believe that if you will pray for them, they will live. In response to the word of the Lord that came to his heart, the missionary replied, Go your way, your children live. And when the father finally arrived home after several days of travel, he found his two children playing happily in the yard, completely healed by the power of God. Mm. At another time, a big, burly Indian came up saying that he couldn't hold a job because every time he tried to work, he trembled violently. In an instant, the missionary saw, as in a television scene, two oxen yoked together "'throwing their heads about fiercely, "'and he heard the words, "'Dragged by oxen, not well tamed. "'When asked if he had suffered an accident with oxen "'about fifteen years ago, "'the man at first stared blankly and shook his head. "'Then suddenly his face lit up as he remembered the incident. "'When the missionary laid hands on his back to pray, "'the Lord healed him instantaneously, "'enabling him to work again without any difficulty.' From May until August, the Longs ministered almost full-time to the Indians. When the populace heard that the Lord was saving and healing the Indians, they cried the more vociferously, The gospel is the religion of the Indians. The gospel is the religion of the Indians. The white Chicanos still showed no interest whatsoever in the glorious message of life.
2: Concluding that all of his efforts in soul-winning, witnessing, and tract distribution had been in vain, the missionary sought the Lord even more diligently. And while in prayer one day the Holy Spirit quickened the word given to Noah in Genesis 6, Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. Noah hadn't gone out searching throughout all the earth to find the animals for the ark. God himself had caused them to come in, and the Lord promised that it would be the same in his ministry. Also, you won't have to go out to bring them in. I shall bring them to you. So he continued to seek the Lord in fasting and prayer. No, I'm claiming that promise, Alexandra. We can't go out from this radio and search out those who are serious with Jesus and those who need to be healed. and those. We can't search them out. I'm trusting Jesus to bring them in. Just as this promise to Noah was made, this promise is for us at the National Prayer Chapel. Then one day, as swiftly as the flood waters had come in the days of Noah, so spontaneously came the floods of divine visitation to the white dwellers in the verdant valley. Do the evangelists, evangelicals who pray for the sick live here, inquired two women who appeared at the door of the parsonage one cold, rainy winter night in August? After introducing herself, the younger of the two said to the missionary pastor, The bones in my leg were improperly set after a bicycle accident some months ago, so I've had pain ever since. Could you pray that the Lord will take away the pain? After carefully reading the scripture, certainly he hath borne our sickness and carried our pains. And explaining the biblical teaching about healing, the pastor prayed for her. By the time she left that evening, the pain had completely disappeared. God had healed the first non-Indian Argentinian in Chico. About a week later, the same young woman returned saying, Pastor, the pain is gone, but ever since my accident, my broken leg has been shorter than the other. I can't wear high heels because I limp so badly that I fall headlong on the street. Would you please pray for me again? The missionary prayed for her, promising, When you put on your high heels, your leg will lengthen and you'll walk without a limp. The young lady went away believing that it would be even as the pastor had said. A few days later, she came walking down the street without a limp, her high heels clicking against the pavement, her face aglow with a new radiance. God's healed me. She jubilantly shouted, her cup of joy running over. She shared her testimony with everyone who would listen, promising, if you go over to the church in Villa San Martin, the pastor will pray for you and you will be healed. By ones, by twos, in small groups, they came at first. Can you heal me, they would ask the pastor, the people accustomed for years to the practice of witchcraft and spiritist healing of all types, concluded that the healer was just another witchcraft healer. The missionary's answer was the same to each one of them. I'm not a healer. I can heal no one. Healing comes from God alone. I can only pray for the sick and teach you what the Bible promises concerning healing. It is God himself who does the healing. Teaching them of God's provision, salvation for the soul and healing for the body. Long, carefully explained the scriptures. As the people listened to the word of God, they accepted it in simple faith, acknowledging themselves as sinners and believing in Christ as their Savior. They received healing in simplicity of faith. After receiving healing, they went out to share the wonderful news with others. There is one in Villa St. Martin who can heal you. Go, be prayed for. And the townfolk, believing the testimony of the people, began to come. More and more they came until soon every room in the parsonage and the church next door was full of inquirers waiting their turn to hear the word and be prayed for. At all hours of the day and night, they surged in, making it almost impossible to find time to eat or sleep. Soon the missionaries were at wit's end to know how to care for the many who came. Before long, it was impossible to attend to them all at once. There were just too many. The missionaries solved the problem by announcing two teaching sessions, one in the morning at ten and the other in the afternoon at four and a general service for all every night except Monday, the pastor's rest day. The new schedule of only three meetings a day was a tremendous relief to the missionaries, now accustomed to attending people all day long and far into the night. Still the people continued to pour in as a ceaseless incoming tide. To them there was a door of hope at Villa San Martin, The Heavenly Father was drawing them into His house. They were coming by the hundreds. Their great needs and the hope of receiving help overcame all religious prejudice, ignorance, and barriers. When the late-night train finally rolled in, the people came directly to the parsonage for prayer. Early in the morning they appeared before dawn, Awakened one early morning by the jostling noise out on the street, the Longs investigated and found 300 people waiting for prayer before breakfast. It wasn't necessary to go out into the highways and byways to compel them to come in, for they were drawn by an invisible force and came on their own to inquire the way of salvation and healing. God was bringing them in just as he had promised. There was no need to advertise or announce an evangelistic campaign, for soon there were so many people attending the services that they could no longer fit into the once congregationless brick chapel. The services were moved to a vacant lot nearby. Nightly it was necessary to carry over benches and chairs and platform and loudspeakers. It was not uncommon for five to six thousand to attend the lengthy service which lasted from early morning until long past midnight. Many came early with their lunches and waited patiently for the service to begin. Sometimes the people were ten buses waiting for the people to take them home after the church. On weekends it was not uncommon for five buses to come from distant towns. Testimony time often lasted an hour or two, each person giving his name and address so that others could visit him to verify his healing. Many were healed as they sat in the congregation just listening to the word. Others were healed as they drew near to the church and still others as they stood outside the building observing. When there were too many for individual prayer, The missionary asked all those who suffered with one certain affliction to stand, and then he prayed for the blind group, the deaf group, the cancer group, etc. Numbers were given for the prayer line, and some people had to wait three months for their turn to come up to be prayed for. In the meantime, they continued to attend all the services, learning more and more about the Word of God and His ways and His commandments.
3: They came in every available conveyance imaginable. In cars and trucks, buses, carts and bicycles. Some even came in the lowly wheelbarrow. Often they would walk dozens of blocks through dusty or muddy roads to attend the services and resistencia's hot, muggy, tropical weather. One woman traveled by horseback ox cart in a rickety old bus and then by train, in order to be able to come to Restitencia for prayer. In eight months, over 4,000 had acknowledged the Lord as their Savior. The names and addresses of those who came filled one book after another. Many times, when some would come requesting the missionary to accompany them to distant towns to pray for a loved one, he would say, by the word of the Lord, Go thy way, thy son, thy daughter, thy mother, thy father, liveth. Many were healed in this manner. Those who believed found their loved ones well when they returned home. When one person in a town was healed, the news traveled rapidly. Soon many others from that town came to resistencia for prayer. Through the testimony of the young lady healed of the broken leg, An entire family, numbering around 90, came to the Lord. One of them later became a pastor. Services were held in 14 different towns and preaching points. Often more people attended a service than the total population of the town. New churches were opened. New converts swelled the attendance of the already existing churches. Periodically, the Catholic publications printed warnings saying, Are the healings true healings or witchcraft healings? The warnings, instead of frightening the people away, only served as good advertising. More new people always came to Villa San Martin after the denunciations. In the beginning, the doctors strongly opposed, but later some of them recommended that their incurable patients go over to Villa San Martin. One laughingly said, that's my branch office over there. The opposition succeeded in having Missionary Long jailed, accusing him of illegal practice of medicine, practicing witchcraft, and charging for cures. The authorities called in many witnesses for questioning, but finding the accusations untrue, they released him after three days of imprisonment. Just as he left the jail, a group of 300 was preparing to march on the government house to demand his release.
2: Let's take a moment and just give you a phone number. What's the Lord saying to you? What would you like to share? Call us, 877-534-0780. We have time for several calls. Is the Lord moving on your heart? What's he saying? Do you need to confess sin? Do you need to be prayed for? Do you need to be healed? Do you have faith? Is God moving in your heart right now? If so, call 877-534-0780.
3: Feeling keenly the importance of the people not only hearing, But understanding the word of God, the pastor insisted that they listen carefully to the instructions from the scriptures, knowing that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. As the light of God came into their darkened souls, they understood and received help by faith in the living God and his eternal word. In one instruction class, the pastor noticed that the attention of a certain woman continued to wander. Three times he admonished her to listen carefully. Finally, when he prayed and all were healed, save the unattentive woman, she complained, Pastor, why wasn't I healed too? He reminded her that she hadn't even been paying any attention to the instructions from the Bible. How then could she possibly be healed if she had not heard and understood the word of God? If anyone came who was in a hurry, he told them to return later when they had sufficient time to listen. In another service, a Guarani-speaking woman from another province had not understood the instructions given in Spanish to receive healing. When later she expressed her sorrow at not having received healing, someone repeated the instructions to her in the Guarani language. She understood immediately. When the pastor told her to find the hernia that had bothered her, she answered, "'I can't. It's gone.' Scarcely had the doorbell sounded in the parsonage one day than a woman ran in screaming with intense pain. "Oh pastor, pray for me, I can't stand this pain any longer." When he laid his hands on her head to pray, God healed the hernia and the pain immediately ceased. The night that the Lord healed that the night that the Lord healed defects of the feet, bunions, corns and other deformities. The people left a motley assortment of old shoes, which had been discarded because they no longer fit. Others, whom God had healed, left canes, crutches, glasses, and braces in the church as a testimony. One woman, a worshipper of idols and images, threw them all into a deep hole after she came to Christ. When someone reprimanded her, she countered, If I were in the hole, I could climb out by myself. But those idols, how could they possibly help me, or answer my prayers, when they are powerless to even get themselves out of the hole where I threw them? An attractive mother, the wife of an affluent businessman, suffered for over twenty-one years with excruciatingly painful headaches. With the hope of finding help somewhere, she had made the complete rounds of the places where she thought someone might help her. Each individual healer had his own series of cures, herbs, objects, and obediences that they required of clients, always, of course, with a payment according to the means of the client. Although this woman paid out huge sums of money and diligently obeyed all the demands of the witchcraft artists, she continued to be extremely ill. So fierce were the headaches that she had to go to bed for three or four days at a time, "'and vomited continuously, unable to hold anything in her stomach. "'In spite of extensive treatment, "'the doctors could not discover the cause of her headaches. "'Forced to abandon all household obligations "'and the care of her little daughter, "'she completely lost hope that anything could ever help her. "'After years of fruitless searching and exhausting every means, "'she was still no nearer to the solution to her problem.' On the invitation of a friend, she went one day to Villa San Martin, inwardly sighing, Oh, just another witchcraft healer! I thought I had visited them all. Entering the Gospel Hall, she was amazed at the absence of complicated altars and trappings she had seen at all the other witchcraft healers' chapels. When the pastor prayed for her, God touched her instantly, healed by the one who came that man might have abundant life, she began walking upwards on the road to health for the first time. The headaches and vomiting never returned. When the Argentines found that Jesus could heal their afflicted bodies, their faith increased to believe that he could remedy other impossible situations as well. Do you think that God could help me in this problem, or in that situation, they would ask, and then present, a varied assortment of needs. Sheaves of reports could be written, giving hundreds of individual testimonies of the dying who found life, of incurables who were healed, of hopeless ones who found new hope in Jesus, of the desperate who found consolation, of would-be suicides whose faith in life was renewed, of broken homes which were reunited and of spiritualist hexes and curses, which were broken. Time alone limits the telling. What Clifford and Lois Long saw of miserable, mangled, tangled, hopelessly tortured humanity will live in their memory until the day when all tears shall be wiped away. Yet still more vividly etched upon their hearts are the scenes they personally witnessed, of God's tender divine and omnipotent intervention in lives and situations that men counted hopeless and utterly impossible the illumination on the face of the blind man as he reached over to touch the missionary's face almost worshipfully saying i can see the complete amazement of the young woman who had gone through a hysterectomy 8 years before when she realized that the all-powerful lord had created new organs in her body, and she was normal again. The triumphant glory the night a newly believing father removed the brace from his son's leg, rendered useless by polio, and the child walked down the church aisle before all the congregation. The look of shock on the face of the mother, whose three-year-old girl, who had never walked before, took her first steps on the church platform, holding the pastor's hand. The utter satisfaction when the same little girl, now a living testimony of the power of God to heal, walked jubilantly down the street in her hometown, a town that for months had inflexibly prohibited the entrance of any gospel worker. The radiant joy of the elderly blind man, crippled with rheumatism, who received his healing just sitting in the church services for fifteen days without once requesting individual prayer. The persistent man, who continued claiming his healing from blindness, even though there was no apparent change. Then the day when, from total darkness, he began to see the color blue, then yellow, then red, until several days later, total vision returned. The young daughter dying of hemorrhage, who was kept alive by blood transfusions the relief when color came back into her cheeks and fingernails and the flow of blood stopped immediately and her whole family came to the Lord. The tormented woman addicted to drugs, who couldn't stand even the light of day, who in fear cried out to the password, I can't even stand the light that radiates from you. Then the resisting, the agony, the severe pain of her withdrawal, and the complete victory. The drunken father of eleven children, who never knew what it was to be sober or to bring money for food or clothing home to his family. His joyous testimony that followed God's intervention. Now I am a true father, and my family has food to eat, and my children are properly clothed. The jealous husband, who repeatedly knocked his wife into the filthy ditches alongside the road whenever she went out alone. The glory of their salvation, reconciliation, and new beginning. The hopelessly tangled 11-year-old boy, who had whined since birth, his height a little over two feet. His oversized head was fallen against his back, and his legs twisted up backwards. His hands crossed over his chest. The triumph when God stopped the whining and restored the boy's body and head to normal. The woman suffering with cancer, with no sedatives available, who between shrieks, haltingly repeated after the pastor, certainly he has borne my pains, certainly he carried my sicknesses, and with his wounds I am healed. The relief when, in less than three minutes. The screaming ceased, and the woman was asleep.
2: It was the Lord. It was he who looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven he beheld the earth. He heard the groaning shrieks of the prisoners, and he loosed them that were appointed to death. It was he. It was the Lord. The triumphant cross of Jesus Christ, uplifted over Chico, was a tremendous vortex which drew up into itself all human woe and misery. As the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the Argentinas, thousands of white hands reaching up pleadingly, then worshipfully from the lush verdant valley, dusky Indians Not a handful, but dozens and hundreds heard, believed, and were healed as they listened to the teaching of the scriptures. Well, we're going to stop the story there today. We have five minutes left in the broadcast. Do you have any thoughts you want to share, Alexandra?
3: These stories are just so beautiful. Um, I mean, you really see... Clearly, when Jesus said that we had to receive the kingdom as a little child, these people came just in simple faith with all of their needs and brokenness and sin, and they just freely received the full salvation of God. And that's, that's just very beautiful.
2: And that same Lord Jesus today wants to minister to you. But if you're lukewarm, you're really not much interested, are you? It's just a nice story. We have to move beyond that lukewarm place and begin to cry out to God. The beautiful things Jesus did in this story, he's willing to do today in your life. He's willing to heal you. He's willing to restore you. He's willing to forgive you for your sin. But you must humble your heart and seek his face. And he will meet you. He will heal you. He will release you from the trap you find yourself in, whether it be physical, financial, emotional. He is here for you today. The God of heaven does not change. He is no respecter of persons. He is here for you. Now, if these stories are of import to you and you, in your heart, long for revival and you're standing with us, would you pray for us? Would you pray for the National Prayer Chapel and for Pilgrim's Progress? And next Monday night, would you make your way to the All Saints Anglican Church to the revival now meeting you can go to revivalnow.church not .com revivalnow.church and all the information is there about the meetings or you can go to our web page
3: yes nationalprayerchapel.com where you can also listen to this message again as well as other messages We're very eager to hear from you. We'd love to hear emails, phone calls, letters. There's many ways you can contact us, and that's all on the webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com.
2: And we're streaming on the Facebook.
3: On YouTube. On YouTube. But we are also on Facebook and Twitter.
2: So there are many ways to reach us, but probably the most important way is to come to the All Saints Church located at 14851 Gideon Drive, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. We will hold a service this coming Sunday. It will begin with prayer at 12 noon. At 1230, we'll begin with the children's story, and the service will be there for you. Will you move beyond your worldly, lukewarm position. Will you be zealous for Jesus and for revival? So you can come Sunday or you can come Monday night. Or both. Or come to both. We'll be there. We'll pray with you and we'll pray for you. Now, we also would like to hear from you. You can go to nationalprayerchapel.com. Click on the donate button to help cover the cost of radio for the month of February. You can also write to us at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Thank you for joining us today.
3: Thank you, and join us again tomorrow at the same time, 1 to 2 p.m.
2: And we'll continue this story of revival in Argentina. God bless you.
3: God bless you.
2: We love you. We'll talk to you
1: soon. Present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. With great joy to
0: the only God I say. If you're around my